Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you, back with another episode of Roach Coach, talking about new metal, as we always do, as we create this new metal canon. This week, we're talking about a band that I'm not going to lie. I didn't think we were ever going to do this band. But then we got a message that was said, hey, you ever thought about the Hoob? And Jenny, you said, I'm definitely thinking about the Hoob. Oh, yeah. And so we are talking about and listening to Hoobastank, their self-titled major label debut. We're going to talk all about this record. We're going to talk about these videos. We, we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about the early 2000s fashion. It's gonna it's gonna be discussed mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, you guys, we've got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? We got messages. All of us receive these messages. We hear you, Roach Riders. We know Ross Robinson was on Jamie Justice podcast. Thank you very much. I don't think I've ever been so inundated. And it lets me know that everyone knows what's important to us. And it's yeah. the angel. The Angel hasn't done an interview in probably two years. Two years. So this was big. This was big and everybody knew. So we were getting, I I think every communication service that someone could get to me (laughs) on, I was notified. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think I got a letter in the mail. It was just all over the place. Smoke signals. I looked out and I was like, what does that read? Is that a cloud? It's like, no, it's at Ross on Jasta. So yes. Thank you, everybody. You'd let us know. Uh, I listened to the whole thing. Jenny, did you listen to the whole thing? I sure did. Jenny listened to the whole thing. Matt, you got about halfway. And I got three quarters of the way. I've oh, only okay. got like maybe 20 minutes left. I'm at the point where the audience is asking Ross questions. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're almost done then. Interesting interview. Ross probably at his most touchy-feely, hippie-ish, metaphysical. He's in a vibe. He's in a he's in a vibe. He's feeling he's, a vibe. Ross is a vibe. He's in his feelings. Ross is in his feelings, I think. Definitely. At this moment. We start off talking about drum tuning, which was very exciting. I really like the drum talk. Great drum talk. But then he just starts talking about the the magic in the studio, finding that. And, he, and at one point he said, oh, I wish I'd written it down. I was listening to it in my car. But I believe what he said was, when you have everything stripped away, and you're in the booth, and you have nothing left to lose, that's when the magic happens. And I was like, there he is. There he is. Jenny, that's Jenny, what what'd, what'd you think of the interview? Well, first, I have to say, I listened to the whole intro. I felt less alone, because the intro was very, very long. I felt both less alone and also like I was, it was some sort of penance for our lengthy intros because it takes a long time to get to Ross. Um, I, I liked the interview. I liked the content of the interview quite a bit. There is one point that they talk about a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari yeah, that deals with like loneliness and addiction and things like that. And it's a great, great, great book. I highly recommend reading it. And that, like, hearing them talk about that and a lot of the other stuff that, like, Ross is into, I was like, 
I bet I could be friends with this dude. And that made me feel, I mean, it's aspirational. He doesn't want to be my friend, but I was like, this is a, that's all the stuff I care about too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to want to talk to them, but man, I did. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was, uh, yeah. Ross came across. Yeah. Very, very approachable, very kind. He, He's always, you know, being sort of forced to reflect back on a very specific era in his life. But it is interesting how he sort of talks about the way that he is bucking against the expectations of what people expected him to do. And we talk a lot on the show about, like, why didn't Ross work with this guy? This would have been money in the bank. Why didn't Ross work with that guy? And it sounds to me like Ross got offered them all. And he said no. Like, after he did Limp Biscuit and those two corns... And I, if I had to guess, it was probably after Vanilla Ice, which he brings up Vanilla Ice and he has nothing but nice things to say about Vanilla Ice in the interview. But it seems to me like after that one, he said, all right, I need I need to left turn it. I need to start doing something else because he does Slipknot, which he when he describes like the Slipknot situation, he's like, no one wanted him to do that record. They were like, this is a mistake. And Russell's like, no. This is this is the thing. And he talked about he there's a multiple stories in the interview where he talks about moments happening at live shows that just like electrify an audience, which I thought was very, very cool. I thought uh, that was one of the cooler parts of the interview. He talks specifically about Corn's Jonathan Davis on the uh Megadeth tour. Yes. During the I forget what song on the first record, but there's a it, they're going, but there are no vocals at that point. And I've seen early corn footage where he does this, where he does that headbang whip thing, but it's just like so fast and so like I literally don't care about my body at all. Like it's almost like sacrificial how hard he goes and that the audience like put down their drinks and were like, whoa. I Dave thought that Hussain I, was like Jonathan. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Matt. Matt, did you have any other uh, thoughts on, on the interview? The eating disorder thing was new information for me. I did not know that Ross suffered from an eating disorder. I, I felt like there's a lot of very interesting conversations about pain coupled with art. Like I don't believe this is my supposition or presupposition, or whatever it might be, based on this interview. I don't think Ross believes that you can make good art without actual pain. That's what I leave this interview with. Like, I think he thinks, like, you need to be in a desperate place with nowhere else to go, but no other thing that you'd rather do in order to actually capture magic. And I don't know if I agree with him. And at the same time, I understand from the albums he's produced's point of view why he would say that. The type of music and the type of work that he's trying to do demands that the people that he works with be so desperate to put what they have out there that they're willing to shed it all away and give it 100% and more. And that follows, but he's not going to make a pet sounds. 
No. You know what I mean? Like he, he that's not who he is and it's really not what he's interested in. He'd have to throw too many plants. Way too <laughs> many the, plants. There's a lot of musicians on Pet Sounds. Yeah. Um, one last thing I'll say about the interview that I thought was very interesting, though, is that uh, as much as Ross is thought of as this sort of, I mean, Jenny, you just said it, this maniac throwing plants at everybody, this did also shed light on his devotion, though, to also, and they never say it out and out on the uh on the interview, but his pop sensibility, because they talk a little bit about the new Touche Amore record that's coming out that Ross produced. And I've listened to some old Touche Amore stuff. And it's like, not really for me. Like, it's like, it's super aggressive, but like, I'm just, I'm, I don't have like anything pulling it in. And, uh, Jamie's asked him like, what was the thing that you brought to this record? And he's like, Oh, choruses. <laughs> like, how about some choruses guys? Do you ever think about that? And the way he said that, it was just like, it, it's interesting how that is, that is what Ross is sort of being pulled into now is almost like this sort of bizarro world Max Martin in a way of like, let me get you guys just a little wider audience. I thought that was interesting. And I am very, I, I've only heard one song from the the, the single from the new Touche Amore record. It definitely was more accessible than their previous stuff. So I'm excited to hear that record. So if you have not heard, listen, we talked about it, what it seems like we've talked about this a lot. It's a very long interview. A lot he does on. call Fieldy a dick. Yes, he does. he does. He does. And we would have been scandalized by that when we were sweet summer children before we <laughs> before we did side project summer. Yeah. So yeah, just a little, just a little additional confirmation. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So. The context is like he has to, you know, like when he's trying to do good work. But the people that he's working with are being dicks, and he has to escape. Like if Fieldy becomes a dick, that the fact that that was his go-to, I was like, like and, instantly he didn't even and, think and about that. Josta didn't go. Josta, I think, was like, mm-hmm. like I, it's yeah. There you go. So, it wasn't. Wait, Fieldy's a Fieldy? dick. Wait, what? Yeah. So it was right in front of us. Uh, it was there. So uh, definitely the call out- was from inside the house. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is. Field his dreams. <laughs> Field his dreams. So definitely check out Ross's interview on Jamie Justice podcast. Very informative. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like they're going to do another one. It sounds like they're just getting warmed up. Yeah. Give, give us more. Absolutely. We got a question over on Twitter from user Flippy Invader who said, Roach Coach, has there ever been an episode where you later regretted putting an album in or not in the canon? Ahem, self-titled corn, ahem, daddy. So, no. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> Jenny? Regret is a strong word. No, because, no, I, I don't regret it. I don't regret anything at all about the canon. <laughs> but, I mean, if we do decide that, like, our opinion has changed, like, we can always revisit it. Like, we created it. So, it's, like... Yeah. Am I locking myself out of my own canon? I don't think so. Well, now that I think about it, we have made one amendment, which twist. is twist. There you go. So there you go. Things can change. If I can say there's anything that maybe I wish I had fought harder for, it would be mud shovel. There it is. Hmm. That hmm. would be the one. That came up That's... as I was doing research for the episode tonight. It came up as a, hey, why don't you watch this video? And so I watched it and I was like, shit. Stain really did it on this one. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that would be that'd be mine. Matt, any thoughts? No. I have the least stake, I think, because I I I really started weighing in on the canon, you know, about fifty episodes in. But for me, I feel like when we do the show, you've listened to the album enough times to know whether or not it fits the context of the canon as we know it at that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like there's anything that goes in that we later go. We always joke like this one goes in and the first corn record doesn't, but I, I never feel like there's an ounce of regret. If we go back and listen to what's in the canon, I think that you're going to have a good time having a bad time of good times. There you go. There you go. Matt nailed it once again. Matt, never sell yourself short. <laughs> hey, I'm here for you guys. There you go. Thanks. Um, Thanks. And uh, Jenny, who we got in them DMs? Oh, wow. Slut up a- in. <laughs> Derek Salberg slid up in our DMs and asked, just out of curiosity, is POD or nonpoint on the episode list soon? And Derek, I'm going to tell you, yeah. Asked and answered. There you have it. Very simple one. Keep your ears and eyes peeled. We also have to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? And uh, we got an email from Brendan Hamilton. The subject, loving the show, keep on being awesome. Excellent subject. Open this email right away. Uh, Brendan said, hello from from another Australian listener. Found your podcast by complete accident and could not be more thrilled to hear other fans of the genre talk about some of my childhood and now pushing 30 haha tunes. May I make a suggestion in the 2003 self-titled and only album by Passenger? No, not that one. Okay. And the defunct side project of In Flames' Anders Fryden. You may make that suggestion. I do not believe that has been suggested before. I don't know anything about In Flames at all. Me neither. But apparently, this I, is, Jenny? Uh, I just know that uh, listener of the show, our good friend Tony, really likes In Flames. He'd always be like, you got to listen to In Flames. And I'd always be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so for no reason. But maybe it's time. It would be funny if you've never listened to them, but you do listen to their side projects. It would be funny. Well, I love a good joke, so consider it on the list. (laughs) You do. But we also got another email, Jenny, and I'm letting you read this one, from Sean Gilbert. Oh, thank you. Sean Gilbert. There's a a subject here, Roachamendations. It says, hello, Roach Riders. When you guys mentioned you were considering doing a soundtrack month, I immediately thought of the soundtrack for Little Nicky, an Adam Sandler comedy that came out in 2000. Sean, you don't have to tell me that. (laughs) Right in the thick of it. The soundtrack features a ton of new metal hitters and even a track from Lauren's beloved Filter. The only issue I can think of is that many of the songs have already been covered on the show, but I think the album is still worth checking out for P.O.D.'s School of Hard Knocks, which as far as I can tell hasn't been released anywhere else. A remix of Disturbed Stupefy, which manages to be even sillier than the original, and a stripped-down version of Deftones' Be Quiet and Drive. While I'm on the subject of recommendations, I'll also ask you guys please to consider Stone Sour's self-titled debut album. 
The band has generally steered in the direction of hard rock alt metal, but I think their first album has enough elements of the new to be worth considering. If nothing else, check out Get Inside, which features good old Corey Taylor spitting bars in a way that isn't completely embarrassing. Looking at you, CMFT. Anyways, thank you for the hours and hours of entertainment you provided for us all. I recently received my Activate the Pit t-shirt, and I'm proud to be able to rep the road wherever I go. Yeah. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling, baby. Sean, thank you for the suggestion of Little Nikki. It never would have been on my radar as a potential for soundtrack month. And I'll tell you, the moment this email was shared with me, I said, we're doing little Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess we can announce it now. Indeed, the month of October will be given over to soundtracks, but we're not going to call it soundtrack month. No, no. It's going to be called new movie month. And you know how new is spelled. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. We're going to be talking about it. We're going to be doing four soundtracks. Get ready for that. One of them will be Little Nicky. The other three? Stay tuned. Finally. <laughs> Stay- <laughs> I love that. Just, oh, feel that empty space. <laughs> yes. Finally, we were going to talk about feedback from our episode on issues and i was getting together all of your various tweets and facebook messages about the episode which were all very kind and then listener of the show and friend of the show and guest of the show joshua toomey sent me news that he was our boy tc has been kicked out of issues And the official statement, and I'll read it here, that they released from the band says, Recently, we have become aware of allegations against Tyler Carter of grooming and sexual misconduct. We, Josh, Sky, and AJ will no longer be working with Tyler. We believe survivors. Heavy stuff. And good for them. That's, I think, the way to go. Tyler released a statement today as we record the episode. Three-page statement Basically owning up to everything that he's accused of, but, um, well, we all shared it with each other, and Jenny, you kind of had a little insight in your feelings on Tyler's apology letter. It was a (laughs) non-apology, kind of. I mean, I think something with apologies... And uh, coming out with things that I try to think of that I think is important is who is this apology for? Or who is this action for? I think sometimes when we do something, we fuck up or we realize how we fucked up in the past. There's like this really strong feeling that we have to like atone for that. And sometimes I think when people do that, they're apologizing or saying things to make themselves feel better. Like, why are, why are you doing this? And that the apology, it was good to see him own up to that and like, say like, I did not recognize my power in the situation. There are a lot of dynamics that I didn't think about, but it's like, there's a lot of dodging in it too. He's like, I'm so, I was so like oblivious to my own narcissism and stuff. And he talks about like 
over the course of the last couple of years, how out of sheer compassion, I've reached out to people that I thought I might've harmed to apologize. And it's like, I understand that. And also like, I think if you'd ran that by somebody, they might've said like, how do you think it's going to feel for somebody to like, that you have done fucked up stuff to, to just like hear from you randomly. To me, the apology felt a lot about like him owning up to something, but also still talking about how like how great he actually is throughout. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I will be honest. Like, number one, I don't know what grooming is. I'm 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 just going to be that guy who doesn't know what grooming is. I would imagine that it's uh, keeping correspondence with somebody so that you can later sleep with them. Yes. Um, yeah. That would. It. Yeah, uh, and and using your position and power to um, make that happen easily. Uh, when I read it first, cursory re- reading it, I I was like, oh okay, he seems to have a sense of self awareness. But what I don't have is I have never been groomed like that. I've never been in a position where somebody. I was attracted to had power over me in that way. You know, I never connected with a singer of a band in, in that type of way. You know, I never was like, man, I got, I finally got the lead singer of the October project to tweet me back. You know, I didn't have that connection type thing. So that insight to me was a lot, that made a lot more sense as to why you're like, "Mm, it's not, exactly an apology in the same way that I was reading it as an apology. And I appreciated that because I, I, I didn't know is the truth. I, I just wouldn't know. It feels like it's on the road yeah. to an apology. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's not like I can recognize that it's a very, it's a tough thing. Like, the behavior was obviously bad. It's interesting that none of the people around him seemed to notice it. But, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's like... The thing about the article that had the, um, the statement in it, too, was, like, there was basically, like, a fucking grocery list of, like, this is, like, other, like band members have been called out in these bands and it's just like every band yeah so i think that this is kind of a case where there is this behavior that has been accepted and normalized for decades this is not the first nor will it be the last time that we have seen a dude in a band like inappropriately interacting with fans and using that to their advantage like anybody in power I think has not anybody, but so, so, so many people in power in this way have used this in this way for years and years and years. And I think that now it's just getting called out more. So like I recognize kind of where this non-apology is coming from, because I would have to imagine that to this person it was just like i see now that it was bad but i can also understand why he might not have seen that it was bad even though it very clearly was and he easily could have if he thought about it for two seconds but like i mean 
if we're gonna pretend like dudes don't fucking do this all the time then like (laughs) go away like it still happens constantly the apology still felt like a non-apology obviously this issue is very personal to me and so it brings up a lot of like frustrated personal feelings but dude didn't really apologize he's like i shouldn't have been so accessible i'm like tc (laughs) that's not it my boy like (laughs) that's not the problem it's weird because he goes back and forth between seeming to get it and then like not getting it i harmed all these people so i reached out to all of them it's like no no (laughs) it's just like who's it for anyway guys uh it's a complicated topic for sure thank you i really thank you to 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 me who got me this info so we didn't have an episode up of us just going wow and joking about this is this news broke so thank you yeah. for that <laughs> that would have been real awkward so thank you though lots of great comments just some of them now in the context of everything would be would just be unusual and weird but thank you everybody who wrote us in about the episode listen whatever happens it was still a great episode of roach coach i think we can all agree <laughs> Hey, there it is. There bring, it is. Let's bring it back I, around to us. We're fine. We're great. All right? I've never done anything wrong. I've yeah. been a piece of shit in different ways completely. Completely oh, different ways. Same. Do yes. I spend a lot of time looking back on my past decisions and behavior and saying, wow. Wow. wow yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Could have done better on that. Could have done better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've all fucked up. We've all fucked up. So we wish the best to issues. May you carry on. TC, figure it out. I think that's fair. And uh, we're gonna, we're not going to end who's tweeting on a down note. We're going to end it on an <laughs> up because it is time for the final installment. You guys, what a summer it's been. It's the final installment from Andrew Wolf's Rochamendations. That is right. And the final sweet summer song is by a band called Lethal Injection. The song is Verbal Warfare featuring Tech Nine. I'm so excited. Here we go. Lethal Injection, motherfucker! But I guess I really do when I say you're never gonna be me, nigga Cause you gotta give everything and be ready to lose it all in the battle And you freely give another a lot of support and you be on the ground But they get not up for sure to make you on the down Cover the gossip of the war, be with the clown Nigga, order the shot, I'm reportedly spot at the hail Ask your rabbi why they turn me to bad guy Blast their ass life, through your noodle like pad thai Baskin as I wickedly stabbed by crap that had my name in his mouth the last side If you trick up with Nina, then I'ma shoot you Nigga, fuck a rifle, I do it with the bazooka A lot of motherfuckers, they be suffering than a loser So I wipe my ass with him and then I smoke a hookah Yes, I'm running low on my serotonin I'm a norepinephrine, I swear a omen is coming to murder you suckers who's Baritone and thinking they higher than Nina when a Gary Coleman, I kill him. In a verbal battle, I fill him. They riddle with bullets, five, six, fill him. I give him a hassle. If they fucking with Nina and Rascal, never giving them any kind of mercy. We're not be serving them. If anybody wanna can win it, then I'm a murderer. Anybody fucking with Nina, I never heard of him. And if he doesn't, but you never speak another word of him. After me, I'm a catastrophe. When I'm finished, you're laying below the platform. Look, I want to get to a chorus, but I don't know how long it will be before we get there. Matt, I don't think we're going to get there because... And Jenny, forgive me, but this mother 
motherfucker is spinning. Oh, <laughs> oh are you my. taking it back? Are I'm you sorry. That motherfucker was spitting. He didn't stop spitting. We wait yeah. for a chorus, and he's like, I don't have time because I'm spitting. Mm. Tech Nine doing what Tech Nine does, blowing up the spot. Wow. Lethal injection. What a way to go out. Lethal injection, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, it's good that you then know. You know, there is. Who am I listening to? (laughs) I I was down. That was Jenny. Thoughts? It was, uh, I'd like to hear more. There we go. Andrew, thank you so much for this list. What a summer it's been. All these hot tracks that we listen to. We've had some requests to have this list posted. We will post this list up on the socials. We'll throw it up on all three of them. That's right. I'm going to throw it up wherever you get your coach from, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'll throw it up on all those. And as a little treat, as a little tease, next week's episode will be on one of these bands. Mm. There you go. There you go. There you go. Which one? Not saying. Still got to keep that element of surprise. Got to keep that mystery. But indeed. Andrew, once again, thank you so much. What? Wow. Incredible, incredible stuff. And uh, that is it for Who's Tweeting. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your roachmendations, your lists, your thoughts, your opinions, your questions. We'll take them all. Is now time to talk about the album of the week, Hoobastank by Hoobastank. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on November 20th, 2001. That's a come down. That's a come down record. That is indeed a come down record. Jenny, we'll start with you. History with the Hoob. I mean, this was, uh, you know, my, my senior year of high school. Oh, emotions were running high uh, for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, this this album, this was like a huge album. I never owned it, but I mean, it was on the radio constantly. 89X, our our local alternative radio station. Hard uh, quotes. Oh, yeah, I. I listened to it a lot in that way. Um, I never did get into Hoobastank. I was definitely too cool for Hoobastank when this came out. But I do remember that I thought the songs were catchy and I did like them. I can't remember if I admitted it or not. Probably not. But yeah, that's my whole history with Hoob. How about you, Lauren? So I was a hater. I was not on the Hoobastank train in 2001. I remember seeing the video of Crawling in the Dark, and I was like, no thanks. Hard pass. Not here for this. And they sort of hung around, and then when they came back around in 03 with The Reason, I said, you got to get these guys out of here. <laughs> but they just got more popular. I was like, man, I am, I can't, I can't do a thing about it. Hoobastank, clearly here to stay clearly here to stay so it was not a yeah so listening to this album i was familiar with the singles because i could not be they were just hoobastank ever it was hoobastank fever you know 
post post 9-11 people are just trying to recover they're looking to heal and they're gonna go to the, they're gonna go to the stank they're gonna go to the stank it's just how it's gonna work got a hoob you got a hoob in times of trauma you got a hoob <laughs> um matt history with hooba stank so i'm sure i'm gonna know some songs off of this record but it's their next record the reason which is the reason i know the hoob <laughs> which by the way i love calling them the hoob also the any any very weird turn of events we had a uh, the record store i worked with we had a bunch of promo stuff and we had so much hooba stank promo stuff that we put it all in one big box labeled hooba stank and i later took possession of that box just the box sans hooba stank and like honestly have that box and people come over and see it and it's like labeled hooba stank and they're like what why do you have a hooba stank box and i'm like well funny story so there it is the name hooba stank itself is just like i don't know it's so dumb it's so dumb the lonely island always used hooba stank as a punchline like their first videos uh for the boo they would use hooba stank as a punchline constantly we were kind of discussing this that there's a lot about hooba stank that feels very first thought best thought that this was the idea they had for song title. This is the idea they had for song idea. This is the idea they had for the band name. And everyone went, yeah, mm-hmm. that that works. That works. Jenny, who's in Hoobastank? On this record, we've got Doug Robb on lead vocals, Dan Estrin on lead guitars, Marku Lapalainen on bass, and Chris Hess on drums. All right, so this is their major label debut, but it is not their first record. They self-released a record in 98 called They Sure Don't Make Basketball Shorts Like They Used To, which featured a saxophone section. Mm. And it was, uh, which was headed by Jeremy Wasser, who executive produced the album and recorded the summer romance saxophone solo on Incubus's Science album. So there's well, that connection there. They have the Incubus connection. They got it stronger than that, Lauren. What am I? Oh, you're right. Jenny, who produced this record? Jim Wirt. Indeed. Jim Wirt produced this record. Jim Wirt also worked with Incubus. He's worked with, who, who am I missing, Jenny? I, I want to blanket on Jim Wirt. Like, I know we've done a bunch with Jim. Jim Wirt, we primarily know from working with Incubus. I think he also worked with Alien Ant Farm, but our primary history with Jim Wirt is Incubus. Okay. So he's the Incubus guy. So there was a decision made before they signed to a major. They were like, are we going to keep doing this saxophone thing? And they recorded an entire full-length record titled Forward. They were like, this is it. This is our next record. But then they were like, you know what? I don't think we need this saxophone. And so they scrapped the whole record. 
Jeremy Wasser left the band. A few of those tracks were re-recorded for this album. And uh, if you go onto the interweb, you can find some of those original recordings from the forward sessions bouncing around. But the band made the decision. They said, you know what? Saxophone? It's out. Who are we? Mm. Who are we? The East Street Band? No! We're Hoobastank, baby! They made a conscious decision to uncouple from the ska sound that was reemerging and, well, probably starting to go away at this time as well. Yeah, I think they were. I think they read the room right on that one. I don't know if we'd be talking about Hoobastank today if they still had a prominent saxophone section. No, no. I would love the the Hoobastank horn section. Well, that's uh, the fun. The thing about Hoobastank is they sound like they should have a fucking horn. This is this is a ska band name. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Um, I was kind of disappointed to learn that the origin of the band's name comes from Doug Robb mispronouncing a street sign. In an interview, Chris Hess explained that the band's name originated from Rob's mispronunciation of a German street name. I, I don't know. I was expecting something more. I was expecting, I was honestly, I was expecting a weed connection. That's really what I was expecting. I, wow. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, I mean, you blazing the Hooba stank. Yeah, yeah, that's our band. That's like when people say something and someone's like, that's my band name. <laughs> and then that's how we got Hoobastank. Uh, I mean, it, it would be like if every single time somebody tweeted some like dumb statement or phrase and somebody rolled in and was like, oh, that's got to be an improv group name. And you just you rolled in and said, holding you to that, motherfucker. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Look, we have a show called Roach Coach. We do. No one's here. No one's here. No one's pointing fingers. No one's pointing fingers. No. Fingies. Fingies. Inside. No, yeah. I've got fists, balled up fists over here. I am tense. <laughs> because I cannot wait to get to this record. All right. <laughs> so this album must must be noted is very successful. Certified platinum in the United States of America. Review wise, middling reviews. Entertainment Weekly gave it a C. Rolling Stone unfavorable. All music four stars. But in general, as a thing that I found when reading up on Hoobastank is that um, the reviews, mm, not great. But Hoobastank kept it going. Kept it going. You're just like, yep, that's fine. This is not like a, a critics band. I, I could certainly see that. This is a, a band of the people. Yes. A band of the people. You might say a band for the kids. Mm. You might say. For the Ute. 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 Uh, Jenny, we got some genre tags on this album. We do. Uh, the genre tags are post-grunge, alternative rock, alternative metal, and new metal. New metal last. Interesting, interesting. There are a couple versions of this record rolling around. We're gonna do. We're gonna give you that original track listing, baby. All right. No bonus tracks. Just that hot original twelve tracks. Just buckle up. All right. I think unless there's anything else we want to discuss, uh, I do not have a physical copy of this album. Could not find one. Apparently, no one wants to sell back their hooba. But the front cover has looks like a large preps performance space, but it's all emptied out except for the Hoobastank Infinity logo. There you go. Very stark. Actually, pretty good cover. No lie. Not a bad cover. It gives me Jamiroquai vibes. 
Not a bad vibe to get. Love me some Jamiroquai. <laughs> Love me some Jamiroquai. This is news. Hot news. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys didn't know that I love Jamiroquai? No. Oh, yeah. I went as Jamiroquai for Halloween one year in high <laughs> school. You'd be the biggest Jamiroquai in the world. I, yeah. I got a. Virtual insane. Oh, my God. That record? I got that record? I was like, this is great. And then, well, let me tell you. Since we're talking about the Kwai. Oh, no. When <laughs> I went to see Napoleon Dynamite and he started dancing to Canned Heat, I could tell, I'm like, oh, I love this song. But probably no one knows what this song is because it's from the album after they were popular. Love Jamiroquai. Canned Heat is a ripper. Canned Heat is a ripper. Anyway. Yes, you guys, I love Jamiroquai. Spoiler wow. alert. Wow. What a gift. What a gift what of a knowledge. Gift. And the you reason never... is you. Yeah. There you never go. stop learning about your friends. This I'll say true. that. There you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, with that bombshell out of the way, that's the episode, everybody. <laughs> All right. Packing it up. Packing All it right. in. See All you right. later. later. Or... All right. Let's listen to the first song, shall Let's we? Do Let's do it. Let's do it. It's called Crawling in the Dark. I will dedicate and sacrifice my every thing for just a second's worth stories ending and I wish I could know if the directions that I take and all the choices that I make won't end up Goddamn hands up. That is a hit. I don't know about new metal, but that's a hit. I wrote in my notes, this is literally the sound of money in the bank. If you take <laughs> that a, is change if you take a falling bank in a piggy and bank. you shake a bank around and you shake it around near a record exec's head, he's gonna go, Ooh, is that Hoobasank? Because that's money in the bank. They were like, hold on. When the guy stops playing the saxophone, I can hear the money in the bank. <laughs> yes. Hey, the saxophone, get the saxophone keeps off you of this away track. from the bank. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. I thought the guitar sound was a little newish, the, but that's about it. The vocals, very much in the school of Incubus. Good hook. So there's a nice bridge on the song. Uh, you know, I've, I've been denying this song for a while, but man, a hit's a hit's a hit. Yeah. This is a damn hit. Jenny, thoughts on Crawling in the Dark? I agree with what you both have said. It's, it's a hit. Not very new, but very, very much you can tell that they're, they're an Incubus. Close friends of Incubus, I would say. Yeah, and it also, like, gives me a bit of that 
pop punk vibe. Yes, especially that chorus. In the chorus, they drop into like a pretty much straight ahead Blink-182 riff. And I'm like, that is pop punk to to the nth degree. It sure is. And we all know that when you've got some pop and you got some punk and you got a little bit of new and you got Incubus, you're going to get some people showing up to listen, especially some kids. Mm. And those kids are going to need a place to congregate. Okay. And in 2001, there was only one place for the young people to congregate online. And that was at songmeanings.com. 123 comments for this song. We are getting a journey on every single one. We could spend all night on these. Jenny, did you have a particular one that really hit you? I've got a few here, but if there's one that you really like. I have one from Demon Babe. There we go. Demon Babe says, so this is a little context for you. People are saying that this sounds like Incubus, and it does, in my opinion. But what Demon Babe says is, I like Incubus as well. They sound slightly like, but so what? They're still a good band in their own right. And the song is just a taster of what's to come. And it's spelled W-O-T-S, the letter, or the number two, and then C-U-M, which is gross. Think they will be big for a long time. This is a great song to start with. It's brilliant. I love it. There it is. There's that passion. So I got a comment here, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's huge. It's from commenter Lost Monster. They said, this song came to mind the other day. I was driving home from school thinking about my life, destiny, the fate of the world, and the part I will play in it all. My interpretation of this may require a little bit of background information. I have a bit of an obsession with end-of-the-world theories because my whole life I felt that I was destined to play a part in it all. I've always had these strange dreams that feel prophetic. I was driving home the other day thinking about how, despite all of the dreams, all of the clues I have, I'm still completely in the dark about it all. This song popped into my head. I listened to it when I came home, and I realized it parallels what I was thinking about perfectly. I know my way of interpreting this song is probably a little out there, but I'll post it here anyway. Here's my interpretation of the whole song and what it means to me. They then go through every single lyric on the song, breaking it down, sometimes in giant paragraphs, really breaking it all down. If you have the time, check it out. But at the end of it, they said, that's my interpretation of the song. It's about my thoughts. Is it just a coincidence or is it by destiny that I'd hear this song? I love to talk to someone else who sees the same thing in this song. Jexka comments so that comments on october 27th 2007 april 14th 2012 jexka rolls in says wow are you sure you're not me these are literally (laughs) my exact thoughts word for word it's amazing really i know this was posted five years ago but if you happen to see this reply know that you are not alone are you me i love the me? I love the idea of this person logging into songmeanings.com in 2012 to look at the comments under Crawling in the Dark and reading this comment and going, holy shit, it's me. I did this in the past. Wow. Oh, my God. In an alternate timeline. Indeed. So people are feeling the hoop. That's true. I Hoop did- feelers. Did happen to find the best comment, oh, probably, possible. Please, please, please. It's short. Okay. It's from Slap Happy Squirrel, and it says, This song is sweet. The first time I heard it was in uh, the Do commercial with the guy that does the flip in the car and grabs his Do. <laughs> <laughs> 
pause. Of a comma. Full, full stop. Podcast oh. over. I never told you guys oh. if the podcast ever mentioned the Mountain Dew commercial where the car flips and the guy grabs a Dew to whom his stakes crawling in the dark. Oh. I have to leave. Matt's yeah. got to go. Well, thank you, Matt. You've had an incredible run on the show. Who knew this would be the way you went out? Oh, my gosh. We do got to talk about this music video very briefly. This thing, these guys are rock and roll professionals in this video. They got the director, uh, Marco Siega. He did Chop Suey and Last Resort. He is in the zone with this. For one, this is one where they followed all the right rules. The audience is made up of nothing but hardcore Hoobastank fans, or as I called them, Hoobers. These people are out of control. There is a woman at one point early on is losing her shit going crazy and the song has just started she's going nuts the band is very confident star making shit here they got they got blown up right before they did this and the only thing i thought interesting is there's a storyline running through it of people trying to get to the hoobastank concert and one guy is escaping his mother who's bugging him another girl's going out but And they all have Hoobastank posters in their houses. They all seem to be big Hoobastank fans. You see the Hoobastank logo all over. But when they go to play the album in their car, they have a burned copy. Sign of the times. Incredible. Here we are trying to move the units for this band, but in the song, the mega fans don't even have a physical copy. They got a burned copy. Mm. I was stunned. Stunned. But, uh, yeah. Also, Jenny, did you watch this video? Oh, yeah. Why do you think they didn't really stick with uh, Doug not having a shirt on? Like, we got these shots, but they never really stick with it. They keep going back. Like, you get a quick shot of him without the shirt on, but then it's back to him shirted. Because it's not... Uh, Doug's not, he's not Brandon. A, he's not he's Brandon. Brandon. He's not Brandon. He's not Brandon. He's not Brandon. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's got a door on his room, I would say. <laughs> Hooba Stank has doors yes. that latch silently. <laughs> Well-oiled doors in their house, I'd say. There we go. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Up next, we've got Remember Me. Face to face with someone that I 
Jenny, what do you think about Hoobastank track two deciding to just settle some goddamn scores? I mean, you sign with Island Records in 2001. Mm -hmm. This was obviously written after they kicked the guy with the saxophone out after talking shit. They've heard that bank. It's very like, uh, I guess I don't know enough about, I don't know enough about Hoopastank as a band to speculate on this, but it's like they wrote the songs for the teens. Yeah. This song... I heard it and I was like, oh, this is mall anger. Yes. You know, like, oh, I can't can't go to the mall today. I guess I'll go to my room and turn on, crank up the hoob. This is when your mortal enemy is someone who does not know you exist. <laughs> <laughs> this is when you're just like, fucking Brian in fourth hour, that son of a bitch. And Brian, if you asked him, be like, you know that guy? It's like, wait, who? In what? I I don't know. I sleep through that class. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anybody there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will not be a surprise to you that I had a couple people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I drew a picture of one of the girls and I wrote hamster faced bitch. <laughs> There's <laughs> no chance that she had any idea who I was. No wow. chance. Wow. Yeah, she never saw my picture. <laughs> Ooh. So in song meanings, um, there's a lot of comments back and forth and whether or not this is about uh, a bully or a jock or something like that. There's a few various unsubstantiated stories that uh, Doug wrote this song about being approached by a guy at a, at a show that he knew from high school had been shitty to him and now he wanted to hang. But then someone else is like, no, no, no. It was the grocery store. And I was like, I love that level of correction going on in these comments. Um, <laughs> my, uh, you know, people just rolling me like, what? No, no. But uh, there were two comments I really liked. The first one is from DJ Emolicious, who said, such a fat song, so much anger in it. Good song to play all loud. Most definitely top three Hoobastank songs of all time. I know where you're coming from. I, too, am a successful NBA basketball player, and now everyone so everyone wants some of my fortune. Ha ha, soon, though, soon. DJ Emilicious, keep on keeping on, buddy. And the other comment I really liked was from A Part of Me Dies, who said, best Hoobastank song ever. And then underneath that with an arrow, this is not up for debate. Mm. Okay. So, who are we? Uh, who yeah. are we to argue? Who are we to argue? No debates. No debates. That Matt, I, I you heard it. This is the best Hoobastank Sing song. We can't be debated. Okay. I'm not debating. I'm just saying I just heard two Hoobastank songs in the bank. In my memory banks now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know what's getting bigger. It's Hoobastank's bank account. There it is. Oh, we got to talk about this music video. Jenny, did you watch this video? Oh, yeah. What did you think of Hoobastank in the Remember Me video? It was a different vibe than their other videos. It was just extremely teeny, I would say. What did you think? Um, It was interesting how um, every picture, every video of Hoobastank is time stamped to exactly when it happened you can look at the fashions you can look at what the band is wearing and know exactly when it's happening i watched this video and i said oh 
this was shot at the exact same time that production was rolling on Punked. Ashton Kutcher was permeating the zeitgeist. He's got the trucker hat on. He's got the those those faded jeans that were very popular at the time. Everybody just looks like 2002 to the core. The video is the band performing on a stage in a football field in front of many rows of students sitting at desks, apparently taking a test. I don't know on what, but I can't imagine a more distracting situation than taking a test outside at night while Hoobastank is playing their hit single, Remember Me. Terrible conditions for any test. And at a certain point... Um, oh, and then uh, they have multiple cuts to yearbook photos of the various people in the video, which says best smile and class flirt. But all the people that they show are ironic choices. So best smile, they show a goth girl not smiling. Mm. She wouldn't win. <laughs> in 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 the crazy world of Hoobastank, she just might. Mm. And uh, eventually all of the students go crazy. They toss their desks aside, and they open up that hooba pit. Uh, actually, I take that back. It's not a hooba pit. It's a stank pit. Ooh, there okay. There you go. Stank pit. Stank pit. I think that's more appropriate. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it going. Let's keep, let's, I want to hear some more money. I want to hear some more money, Matt. <laughs> Play You're me some about more money. to get a lot of money. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, up next is running away. Song three, slowing it down. I don't want you to give it all up and leave your own life collecting dust. So it's just Incubus without tantric sex. Oh, sex, man? (laughs) Wait. Good Lord. I'm going to tell you both something right now. Uh huh. <laughs> I listened to this song in my Ford Tempo, driving with the windows down, post. 9-11 world feeling very worried about the future wearing flares flare jeans if you remember those from oh, the early yeah. 2000s yeah. now before we decided to do hoopas tank and record this episode i decided i needed some jeans for fall and i googled fall jean trends and what <laughs> i found was that fall jean trends include flares <gasps> There is a pair of flares arriving at my house tomorrow. (laughs) I'm feeling extremely uncertain about the future of this world. Very unsettled. There will be a repeat of this in a Ford Focus, which is pretty much the tempo of our times. Jenny, I have just a small request that when the flares arrive and you decide to take them for a test drive in the Ford Focus and you decide to put on running away. Please have Sweet Mitchell give us a short vid, <laughs> just a short vid of you in the zone. I'll see about it. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna be real about this song. In 2001, I hated this fucking thing. 
like this song would start and i was like no thanks change the station let's see if the riff's not playing an ad for a minute i mean it was i was yeah i was get out of here with this now 2020 uh i cannot deny that chorus um which is um which literally sounds i mean i i mean it's catchy but also all i hear is money being printed i just hear a printing press wherever they print money the 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 u.s treasury all i'm hearing is money being printed when i hear that chorus um so they did the damn thing they did the damn thing um i think matt you really kind of nailed it though a sexless incubus you know because there's no sex going on in the song because she's running away where are you going you have identifiable enough topics coupled with the most pop perfect choruses this is but the weird thing about it so far three tracks in is I'm down with it. Like it's easy to dismiss as sugary bullshit. I'm I'm fully aware. And if you're looking for heavy music, certainly this isn't it. No. But I fucking get it. Like there isn't a part of me sitting here being like they didn't they did it right and for some reason because their name is ridiculous perhaps they're getting away with robbing the best choruses from everybody because they're not breaking new ground they're just doing everything that works well yeah i think so i think you're right songmeanings.com uh once again people are connecting people are feeling the connections across the world across years um commenter melissa said man i love this song basically he likes this girl and he's going through a rough time and he needs her to be there but she won't and she's just walking away from him doesn't really want anything to do with him and he doesn't get it and is saying how it's not fair because he was there for her through hard times and will be there for her no matter what so she's not making sense to him why she can't see what he's doing what she's doing okay i'm done smiley face that was on January 13, 2002. On November 10, 2009, Garden Gnome said, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. Um, and uh, Jenny, did you have any comments that you liked on this one? No. You know what? I didn't. I know what this song means to me. There you go. I don't need any help. It was a lot of like, I recently got my heart ripped out. It's a lot of like breakup confessions. I noticed. Yes. Yeah. Most, most, there's a lot of stories in these comments not so much meaning. Sometimes we'll get to the meaning, but a lot of times just like, let me tell you running away. I know a girl ran away and then they'll give you six paragraphs and then it'll be like, it was Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, we ready for this next one? Let's do it. Pieces.
this has to be a good time show. I, I'm not about to say, put me into vaccine testing so we can get this cured so I can get to a Hoobastank show. But if I found myself in the future at a Hoobastank show, I don't think I would be super upset about it. Because it does seem like if they're busting out pieces, we might be rocking about. And also, for all of the sort of punchy rock that's going on in this song, it's a little harder edge. They take it to that pop punk chorus, baby. Once again, all I hear is dollars. All I hear is dollars and cents. Jenny, thoughts on pieces? I liked it. I think the top part of it is the first I heard anything that I could correlate to new metal. And this is like 100% the most sanitized version of that sound, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I liked it. it. Sounds fun. More money in the bank. More money in the bank. Songmeetings.com, comment that just really stood out to me from the Divine Child who said, This song inspires me. When I'm listening to it, it makes me feel dominant. That probably makes no sense, but oh well. Just like when my friend and I listen to it walking down the hall at school, I have this sense of dominance in my step, like I'm invincible, sticking out tongue emoji, telling me it ain't over till I say it's over kind of thing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's like the day at school you feel like, this is the day it's going to be different. Yeah. I'm turning it around today. Oh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say this cool thing I thought of. New me, Ooh. new day. <laughs> listen, listen. Tenth grade is gonna be different oh. than ninth grade, you guys. You're gonna cheese all that the shit. All right. This grade. is my year. This is my year. I cannot wait. Cause I'm a vest guy now. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, you're what? He's like, I'm wearing hey, vests. What the fuck? I'm a vest guy. Vest. I'm wearing vests. This is my year. 10th grade's my year. And it's like, oh, Performance shit. fleece. Performance fleece. <laughs> oh, no. I'm oh, a performance boy. fleece guy now. Oh. I'm a Patagonia man. Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right. Well, once again, connecting to the youth in a way that I never have. Props to you, Hoobastank. Agree, agree. Okay. Up next, we've got Let You Know.
So I have a question. Yes. Yes. Pop perfection meets gritless rock. Is it does I feel like this lacks grit. Matt, this is Hoobastank. stank. <laughs> we don't have time for grit because we're stanking with the hoob. Oh. And I know that sounds like Again, gibberish. Where's the horn section? Where's my black and white checkerboard vans? Matt. Where's a guy with tight black pants and a white Mm-mm. shirt with suspenders Mm-mm. skanking it out hard? This no, is, no, no. No, no, no. Matt, Matt. If anything, Hoobastank is there if you listened to Linkin Park and you went, <sighs> too rough. Too rough. <laughs> You got anything <laughs> softer but still uses guitars? And they this said, band. here you go. Yeah. yeah. This but band again. is microfiber. They are microfiber. <laughs> yeah. But again, this... all I hear is tink, 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 tink of money pouring in. Pouring in. On top of that, this is an incredible Incubus lift. Um but it makes sense to me that it would be so easy to steal from Incubus because they have no doors. It's all beaded curtains. Doug can just walk in. Just go like that. You don't need a key. And more than mm-hmm. anything, you could probably do it right in front of Brandon. Be like, hey, you could, hey man, mi casa su casa, buddy. Have at it. You need, you need some of these, some bus vibes? Take them. They're yours. They're everyone's. As They're a matter of universes. fact, take Jim Wirt. <laughs> <laughs> Take he'll him. make sure he'll make sure you got him right yeah so, lauren yeah i did have a comment on songmeanings.com oh there's I a lot of good comments song. which one did you like jaybird six mm, yes jaybird six says there's this girl i've liked for a long time but i've always been too scared to tell her even though i sit next to her every day in class then i realize she's graduating and i might not ever see her again I heard this song and immediately thought of her. When I finally got the guts to tell her I liked her and have for a while, I wrote the lyrics to the song and secretly put it in her purse. She loved it and recognized my handwriting. Too bad she doesn't like me. Now she has a dirtbag boyfriend. He's an asshole, which is just the opposite of her. Oh, well. The girl's name is Jessie. <laughs> she loved it she doesn't like she doesn't like me but she loved it you know what this is the thing ladies love and jenny you can back me up in this ladies Mm. love secret messages put in their purses by strangers especially if they are co-opted lyrics from the hoob when a man you don't know suddenly gives you lyrics to hoob steak yes i mean Sploosh is all I can say. <laughs> uh, Wetter than spring. There it is. The one comment I liked was from Stained Chick, who said, It reminds me of my best friend Sean, who I love so much, but he doesn't want a GF right now. Sad emoji. He makes me so happy and he cheers me up when the whole world is hurting me so much. I want to be with him. He makes me so happy. He is a gift I wish I could treasure, but I will sit and wait for him till he is ready to have GF. When I'm with him, all my pain seems to disappear, and I'm happy again. Evanita. Evanita. I want to tell you a little bit about the ocean, and there are so many fish. Get over Sean. Yeah. He's not ready for a GF. There's somebody else 
ready for dying a GF. for that GF. Oh, uh, GF, and they they're ready for a GF, and they might be DTF. You don't know. And ready for you. Ready for you. Ready for you. Ready, ready for, you. for you. Okay. All right. Up next, we've got better. So as I said, I am not saying get me to a Hooba State concert. But if I'm at a Hooba State concert and they don't play this song, they better have a good reason. This is they good. better. They better. They, they gotta play. This feels like a concert staple. How do you not play this Hooba Stank? I'm, I, I'm getting all accusatory. I don't even know. I haven't looked at the set list. <laughs> but I'm just saying you gotta play it. Uh, I'd be super annoyed, Jenny. If we went to a Hoobas Tank show, I'd be su- you'd be like, you got to stand over there because every song you'd be like, why are they gonna fucking play better? And you'd be like, chill out. Like middle of the set, Lauren. Middle of the set. It's a middle of the set song. It's not an opener. It's not a closer. Come on. <laughs> this was placed really, really well in their album, and they're gonna do it again in the set. <laughs> I trust Doug's set list planning. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think of better? Uh, at this point, I'm just along for the ride. This really, again, sounded like an Incubus lift to me. Vocally, it's it just sounds like Incubus. But again, like you and Matt keep saying, ching ching, money in the bank. It's all coins. <laughs> it's all coins. Yeah, they, yeah. For some reason, it's all money in the bank. But for whatever reason, when everyone's paying for Hoobastank, it's all exact change, and uh, mm-hmm. it's very noisy. Uh, songmeetings.com everyone agrees that this song is uh is about bad relationships and stuff and i i I could read them all but i think turd snatcher 2000 i think really classic name classic name (laughs) i think they really nailed it they said bad relationships depression y'all have problems oh wait we all be human we all have problems i can relate to who can't hmm (laughs) Let me tell you, Turd Snatcher 2000, you speak for us <laughs> Thank all. You. Thank you. I gotta you. say, a, a Turd Snatcher is maybe the only kind of snatcher who no one would try to stop. You're right. <laughs> Take it. Have at it. If you're gonna be a snatcher and you don't want anybody to chase you, be a Turd Snatcher. Yeah. What's that guy got in the bag? Nothing you want. <laughs> Nothing you want. That man just stole my shit, and I am not going to stop him <laughs> for many reasons. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All right. All right. Up next, we've got Ready For You.
I got to say, this is a record that in a lot of ways feels like when the review copies were sent out, it should have had a sticker that says, cannot be listened to by anyone over the age of 16. Because the point of view on these songs is very directed to someone who's never had sex before. A hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> um, there... <laughs> is a comment on songmeetings.com that I read while we were listening to the song and it killed me and oh. it, it it encapsulates what you just said. All right. The commenter Furious Style says, I'm going through this right now and I'm scared and I feel the same way this song does. <laughs> the I'm scared part. <laughs> like it's it's what are you I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I mean, and, and what's interesting, though, is this is something that people have talked about before, and they talked about how this sort of, like, aging of, you know, the guys in Blink-182 are now in their 40s. The guys in Fall Out Boy are basically almost all in their 40s or already are. And it's sort of like, how do you keep writing for this audience that you are so aged out of now? And I don't know how old the guys in Incubus, or, sorry, the guys in Incubus, mm, how old mm. the guys in Hoobastank were when they made this record, I assume early 20s, but they are tapping into very specific youthful feelings and frankly nailing them. Because a lot of this, I was like, this is, I'm too old for this. Like, what are we <laughs> talking about here? Because, uh, yeah, this is literally about, this song is made for, yeah, 10th graders who are like, I asked her out and said if she wanted to go over to Denny's and she said, no, but I'm going to let you know when you're ready, when you're ready for the Denny's, I'm ready for you. Yeah. Her, so her name is Rebecca. Her name is Rebecca. Her name is Jesse. I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> um, so Doug Robb was born in 1975. So I don't know. Was this was like 20 years ago. He's like 25 ish. Okay. When he's writing the stuff. Sure. Um Yeah, you know, in the realm. In, in the, the realm. realm. In the realm. A lot of the comments are all sort of echoing Vir- Furious style, and they're all supportive. Everyone's like, oh, I'm in the same situation. D's Nuts says, I'm in the same situation. I love this song. And all c- three girls says, I- yeah, I identify. It's best to have persistence and hope. But my favorite comment is from Chai Sox 142 I've been going through this for like a year now. I'm always going to be ready for her. Mm. It truly is a relatable experience, though. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm talking shit, but I mean, go you back know. to my live journal. Mm. Fucking oh, shit. Yeah. Good night, everybody. 
Oh, I was coughed up my water when you said that. Yeah, that is true. There is there is something that, yeah, we are all still sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm over that. But at the same time, like, is there a chance? Is there? Is there? Because I'm, I'm ready. I mean, I, I know I it seems- I love seem- chances. I, I know it seems like I'm walking <laughs> out the door, but I'm, I'm still ready. But I, the window is open. The window is open. Her name is Rebecca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also pointed out that in my notes that this could soundtrack the scene in a teen comedy in which the hero musters the courage to tell the girl he is all about that he is ready for her and has feelings. I wrote in my notes that Jason Biggs is about to tell Shannon Elizabeth how he feels. I realized after I wrote that that he ultimately hooks up with Allison Hannigan in American Pie. But they get married. They get, they get married. They, they get married. I know they get married. You don't need to tell me they get married. All right. <laughs> I know. I got the box set on my shelf. All right. <laughs> all right. So sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's but me. I mean, but let's be real though. Shannon Elizabeth. Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful. So is Allison Hannigan. It's different. Beautiful women. Beautiful women. But it's beautiful different. women for it's you. Different. Jason yeah. Biggs married her. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> Up next, we've got Up and Gone. Staring at the white above, can't tell if I'm alive or am I dead? Or is it in my head? In a post 9-11 world, yeah. this makes so much sense. Like it's giving you enough to glom onto without being woefully sad or woefully angry. It's like it's not a placebo. It's uh you're gonna be okay. Also, it's not specific, but it's not vague. It has it's it's, it's ju- vague enough that you can put whatever you want on it. Her name is Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I also think that this label must have known what they had because this record was released on November 20th, 2001. But they did not release the first single, which was Crawling in the Dark, until April 2nd of 2002. 
Uh, and then they held on to the other two singles till the summer. So I don't know. We've, we've talked about so many bands that came out right around this time and just like it fell apart for them. Um, I think you're right that being able to put whatever you want on it and it being emotional, but not angry did it a ton of favors. And I, I think a Jim Island or whoever owns Island records, Bobby Island, Bobby Island, Bobby Isles, they call him knew they must have known because they held on to it. Indeed. So there's a music video for this song. It is. This is one of the songs that was on, I guess, one of the earlier records that they re-recorded for this album. This music video is very cheaply shot. It's very amateurish. It is a gift. <laughs> I can't believe that I found it. I felt like I was I, I'd, I'd broken into someone's house and found like an old tape. It's incredible. Everything is hilarious. They got three looks either all black, all white, or collared shirts. There's a storyline of a man who is working and forgotten about his childhood, and, then, and and they couldn't shoot in a real office, so he's just in front of, like, I don't know, like a brick facade that might be in a hallway somewhere. The whole thing is adorable. I loved it. If you, if you got to see any of the videos from this album, look up this one. It's incredible. Jenny, thoughts on Up and Gone and the video? Uh... <laughs> The video was very lovingly made. It's apparent that it was made before this. And I thought the song was fine. Somebody said it was about Scrooge yeah. in the comments. Yeah. I, saw that I don't too. think it is, but I like that you did. <laughs> yeah. A different a different take that we don't always see because everybody else is just like, This is this is about me and me and this girl and she's just she's left. Mm-mm. They said Scrooge. They said Scrooge. So thank you for the variety on that one. Once again, though, that chorus, money in the bank. Chiching. Truly. All right. Up next, we've got Too Little Too Late. Hoobastank? Matt. Mm. Is this something I didn't know about myself? This is a thing that I noticed. And I think, and Jenny, we talked about this a little bit over text. Is that Hoobastank have no problem with cliches. Because they heard a cliche and they said, you know what a cliche is from? A truth. (laughs) Otherwise, 
it wouldn't be used so much. It wouldn't be a universal thing that we hear over and over again. Why do we keep hearing it over and over again? Because it's a relatable experience in our lives. So if someone's ready for you, everyone's always have someone that they're ready for. Up and gone. Someone's always up and gone. Too little, too late. Story of my life. Hey. <laughs> it's, it works. They put it on there and they said, somebody, this is going to hit them. This is going to hit them just right. And we're going to be there for them. The hoobs are going to be there. Let me tell you. There's a picture on the Wikipedia of Hoobastank doing a signing. They look like lovely gentlemen ready to sign whatever you put in front of them. Posters, tees, CDs, pictures, whatever you need. I'm sure if you asked them real nice, Doug would record a voicemail for you. I'm sure he would. They're there for you. They're the band that's there for you. If no one else is Hoobastank, Hoobastank. they're there for you. Jenny, thoughts on Too Little, Too Late? Nothing to add. You boys really covered it. All right. I think we're ready. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we've got Hello Again. Is one of the things that makes me laugh every time, which is I have a lyric that is not how humans speak. <laughs> and uh, this one in the chorus, they say, I don't know where this will lead, but in my life, you need to be. <laughs> no, 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 Doug. That's not how we agreed on how this language works. <laughs> that's not it. Um, <laughs> It just makes me laugh every time. So I was glad to hear it. I got to say this one. Let me tell you this song. Okay. Listen, I know I said 10th grade is going to be my year, but it didn't work out. But Mm -hmm. 11th grade. Hello again. I'm back. This is my year. Those guitars kick in. You know how they make me feel? They make me feel dominant when I walk down the hallways. (laughs) That's. I mean, that's the goal, right? That is the goal. That is the goal. You want to feel dominant. You want to feel dominant when you listen to the hoop. Jenny, some incredible comments on this. Any that that stuck out to you? You you do it. You do your thing. Okay. So we have a comment from a music lover who said, I'm going through a similar situation at this very moment. I know that it will make us stronger together in the end. I can totally relate to these lyrics. One of their best, I must say. 
And then Lilac said, this song is awesome. I've had the CD for a while, but I never really listened to the words. But as I read them, I was awestruck with the honesty and truth in it. Hoobastank really knew exactly what to say. Mm. I said, well, that's, that's nice. But then Alistair rolled in and said, absolutely love how people post about how every song relates to them. Obvious. Song is about a relationship shifting. Soppy. It's about a former love become a friend. Deeper. Protégé finally comes up to the level of his mentor, but doesn't know how to approach mentor now. Mentor made everything in his life possible, but Protégé doesn't know where to go from here. Hmm. I'm going to go with obvious, Alistair. I'm going to go with obvious as well, Alistair. And I got to say, you come in real hot with the, uh, I like how everyone posts how the song relates to them. And then my man drops this very pointed comment about his mentor. Alistair, talk to your mentor. Whose talk. name? Talk, talk to, to your mentor. Talk to your mentor and say hello again. It's me, Alistair. <laughs> like you have a very distinctive name. I remember you, Alistair. <laughs> All right, Matt. Any thoughts on hello again? No, nope. nothing. Nothing extra. All right. Okay. Up next, we've got to be with you. Absolutely is a lost incubus track. This song is something else. It's cringy. Let me read these lyrics in case you missed it. Hit me with them. You make me feel again. Slide across my skin again. Let me uncover you to rediscover you. (laughs) And I will open up. If you promise to give in on this perfect night, let the two of us be one. Look, Mandy and I are going on a date on Saturday. I need to be special. So if you could buy me a bottle of wine, I think that would really up the game. You know what Uh, I mean? I'm sorry, man. I can't buy you a bottle of wine because I got something better. Let me slide this jewel case across the table to you, buddy. Hoobastank, hoobastank. That's right. Go to the track to be with you. Ah, man, I can't wait to make her listen to this. That's right. Make sure she listens to the lyrics close. Because it lays it out step by step. (laughs) Step by step. This song, you know, I was not expecting there to be any songs about fucking on this album. And then here we were. 
I would say this is more of a lovemaking song. Ah, uh, well, I'm an adult. <laughs> Straight I am an adult. I call it fucking. I call it fucking. <laughs> oh, me, I call it fucking. Yeah, I got hair on the balls. Got I call it fucking. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, wow. Uh, yeah. And so I don't want to blow any minds, but um, all of the comments are basically if you were listening to Quiet Storm radio and they were playing a song and then the guy was just reading like, uh, you know, a uh, special going out to Deborah from David saying, I love you. And this is our song. That's what all of these comments are. Conquer says, this song makes me think of my girlfriend. I do anything for her, and I don't really get to see her too much. I love you, Aaron. Tim. Mm. And then Love214 says, sigh. I agree with Tim, the dude above my comment. This makes me think of my boyfriend. He lives far, and I hardly get to see him. But I love him more than anything. Sigh. Hey, shout-outs and dedications. All shout-outs and dedications. All of it, people talking about connecting people. Uh, the last one, I'll read this one. It's from Morningstar. It says, um, the two lovers that posted before me are on the right track. Sounds like the speaker is missing, <laughs> lovers. Sig- <laughs> missing a significant other. It does seem as though she's dead. The beginning of the song tells <laughs> that he can be with her now. The end of the song brings up the missing aspect further. Great song. God bless Hoobastank. Oh, wow. GB indeed. Uh, Matt. Do you have any questions for me at all? I do. I did not realize it because the bonus tracks threw me off. Mm, Classic. How respectful of our time is this record? This record comes in at 38 minutes and 59 seconds. So respectful. Incredibly respectful. What a dream. Incredibly respectful. Incredibly and incredibly. 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 So we've got this beautiful love song. How is Hoobastank going to take us out? Let's find out. We've got Give It Back. Well, Hoobastank, who likes to have a good time? All right, let's go. Come on. Come on, come on. Woo. is a real a song for the dumped <laughs> it is for mistake. what a complete 180 from to be with you and when you listen to this album there is no break between the end of to be with you and the beginning of give it back it goes immediately right into the hard charge so if you are playing to be with you for your honey and you don't have that stop or that uh, repeat on. Oh, mm. oh, you're gonna kill it because that's the thing is he's just been he's like it's a perfect night to be with you, and then the very next song he's like you need to give it all back. You've been cheating on me with the guy next door or the next or the next. Loyalty is something that you lack. I'm like wow, wow, 
Wow. I was I was I was blown away. Jenny, thoughts on give it back? I mean, <laughs> a real left turn. Maybe something that could be in the neighborhood of new metal, but not quite. Yeah, because when you're dealing with new metal, most of the time it's going to be a little more aggressive than you need to give it back the love that I gave. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a little worse. Cuz loyalty uh, is something that you lack. You <laughs> I was going through the things that you have and the things that you lack and shocked to find out loyalty was one you lack. Mm. Disgusting. Mm. And so that's the record, but if you go to 230 it's not even a secret track because they're not hiding anything. It's tacked onto the very end is this sort of, I don't even know what to make of it. And we'll just see what, what Matt, what you think of this. All right. Uh, like rap, like cheesy rap. Like, like I once gave it back and now it was taken from me and then I got it back again. <laughs> <laughs> I want what once was mine. <laughs> so i hear that and it seems to me that they were like somebody said to him like oh you could go harder and they're like yeah that stuff we're not into that that's ridiculous let's all have a good chuckle as it uh, together as chums yeah that sounded to me like a very decided like new metal that whole aggressive aggro thing, that's not how that's not how the hoob rolls. That's not how we roll. We're we're joking about that because we're we're too busy having a good time to be upset. And selling records. Yeah. The money. Yeah, that made me feel very uncomfortable when I heard it. I was like, um, guys, we need to stop. Should have just left this off. Should have yeah. just That's <laughs> like pulling my change out of the jar <laughs> like i don't know if you get my mini uh, uh yeah there you go so there you have it hoobastank by hoobastank and now it's the part of the show where we talk about cannon talk i'll start and i'll say that i was very surprised that this album was enjoyable to listen to it's occasionally generic, but never boring. It moves at incredible clip. Strong choruses across the board. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a bum chorus on this thing. Heavy Incubus influence. I feel like the new metal tag is mostly of like passed on from Incubus, who were barely new metal to begin with, and so it's like a residual new. Like they just were hanging out in that. There, if you heard crawling in the dark. It's got a couple dark tones at the top, so you might think if you were passing by and give it a glance, like, oh, that's new metal. But if you stopped and gave that a hard look, you'd go, that's not new. So I don't have anything for the canon, but I'm not going to lie. Had a good time with the hoop this week. Jenny? I feel the same way you do, Lauren. It's a no for me, but boy, was it fun. Matt? Shocked that I'm sitting over here wanting to hear some hoop stank. Good on you, fellas. Your success is well-earned. You found the niche and you filled it appropriately. It is not hard. It is not new. It is enjoyable. It is a rock and roll band with training wheels for the kids. And uh, you can't fight that. They all need something. You got to have a first band. And I got to say, you could do a lot worse than Hoobastank. So there you have yeah, it. Yeah, you could. There you go. So 
Whoever recommended the Hoob, much appreciated. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your recommendations, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be back next week. We'll be listening to one of the bands from Andrew Wolf's Roachmentations. Guess in the comments. It's going to be a hot one because they were all hot. So it's going to be a hot one guaranteed. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Matt. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Make me feel it's you.